Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Hi everyone and welcome to part three of this series called When Pigs Fly, which is based on a series by Craig Rochelle at Life Church in the States. Now, when pigs fly is a sarcastic phrase used when something is probably not going to happen. A bit like, you know, Ipswich to win Division One next season. Or, or when pigs fly, <laughs> Norwich to stay in the Premiership, definitely or when pigs fly. England to win a vital penalty shoot. No, actually, I'm not even going to go there. No, sorry. (laughs) But for many, the idea of God performing a miracle today is also on the list of things not likely to happen. Yes, they might have happened years ago, but not today. And so the word miracle has lost its power because either we say that God could do a miracle, but that he probably won't do it for me. So basically, we, we lack faith. Or it's used too lightly. You know, I drove into Tesco's and the car park was full. And just as I drove in, someone miraculously left, leaving me a space to park in. Honestly, it's a miracle. Well, maybe, but I'm not sure that it is. So what is a miracle? A miracle is when the God of heaven intervenes on earth, when he steps in to bring about a different outcome than expected. And I do believe in a God who can perform miracles. That's miracles in the past, but also miracles today. And most miracles fall into four categories, which is what this series is about, of God's provision and protection, which is what we've looked at over the last two weeks. Uh, Another one would be of healing, which is what we're looking at next week. And today's theme, which is a bit of a strange one, called deliverance. Now, this is probably the least talked about kind of miracle because it has a a supernatural element to it, because deliverance is all about overcoming the evil one, the forces of darkness, which sounds more like Star Wars language than church talk. But someone once said this very wisely, the greatest trick that the devil ever played was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. So one of the greatest lies that the devil uses today is to get us to believe that he's not real, that he's just a cartoon character with horns, a pitchfork and a tail. And if we believe that that the devil doesn't exist, then then we'll not be on our guard against him and how he works. And that's a dangerous place to be. So there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus is talking to the crowds about who he is and how through him they can get to know God. And he says these words. And if you're familiar with the church, you'll have heard this before. A thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come in order that you might have life, life in all its fullness. Now, we love to focus on the latter part of that verse, you know, the life in all its fullness bit, which is true and is so good. But we often don't stop to reflect on that first part. And Jesus is saying that there is someone or forces at work who wants to steal away our joy, rob us of our identity, kill our hope and destroy our lives, our faith and our relationships. 
And sadly, we see this all around us today. People whose lives are being wrecked and wasted through addictions that they can't shake off, through self-harm, through an ever-growing suicide rate. You know, people don't set out early on to destroy their lives. They, they just try to cover the pain with medication or they believe a lie about themselves that they're unlovable, that they, they're not valued and they don't realise where that path is taking them. I mean, just this past week, the racist abuse that three footballers, Rashford, Sancho and Saka, have faced since the penalty misses has just been awful. In fact, it's been evil. And we are involved in a battleground, not a playground. You know, Jesus is saying that the natural world that we see is not all that there is. There is something bigger at stake here, a spiritual world where we need to stand against the devil and his lies and spiritual forces who are set on messing up our lives and our world. So Jesus teaches us to pray for protection in the Lord's Prayer. You know, you'll have said this, I'm sure, many times. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, this part is often forgotten about or ignored because, well, it seems a bit weird. But it's a prayer of deliverance. And Paul, who was a follower of Jesus and who wrote large sections of the New Testament, put it this way. He said this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. You know, it's really easy to think that our ex-spouse, our bullying boss or our neighbour from hell or those racist trolls on Twitter and Facebook are our enemies. And Paul is saying, no, there's a spiritual enemy at work. The battle isn't just against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So it's those powers that influence and tempt and shape people's negative, hostile and violent responses. So Paul is saying that there is something else at work in our world that we can't see that is influencing and fighting against the good that God is wanting for our world and for our lives. And it's not just the devil, but a whole army of evil spirits out to rob, kill and destroy. People often ask, especially on Alpha, who the devil is and why did God make him in the first place if he causes such bad things to happen? And, you know, the Bible doesn't give a straight answer to that question, but it gives hints about a rebellion in heaven. In Isaiah chapter 14, we're given a picture of this beautiful angel created by God being thrown out of heaven due to pride of wanting to usurp God's position. Three times he says, I'm going to be like God. And so God banishes him from uh, and the other rebellious angels from heaven. There are, there are other hints too found in Revelation 12. And I understand that this can all feel a bit unreal until we look at the world and see some of the evil taking place. And when we get touched or affected by it, if we see family members going through the hell of addiction uh, or, or the pain of abuse, and when we see face to face the hostility and hatred from others, this then becomes much more real to us. So how does this spiritual world of evil influence uh, affect our world uh, and affect your and my life? Well, firstly, these evil spirits tempt us to sin. They, they seduce us, they lure us into thinking that something bad is actually good for us. 
They, they mess with our thinking and make the sin appealing, like offering a child a sweet that contains poison. Go on, you deserve it. It'll be fine. You'll be better afterwards. You won't come to any harm. And so what they do is they minimize sin on the front end and then maximize the guilt on the other side. They'd say, Steve, how on earth can you say that you're a Christian when you've done that? You know, you might as well jack it all in. God will never love you after you've done that. And this is the battle that we face most days. You know, they can't make us do something. It's still our choice, but they can influence. Secondly, Evil spirits distract us from God's will. They, their purpose is to draw us away from God. Paul writes to Timothy and he says this. He says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. In other words, some people who were followers of Jesus are going to be distracted and start following a different path. You know, maybe intrigued by the future or contacting the dead or doing a pick and mix of various religions just to try and make it fit for what we like. Maybe it's the lure of money and stuff that becomes a priority and suddenly the centrality of Jesus, of his death and resurrection gets lost and they're lured, to, lured towards a different path. Listen, if we're Christians watching today, if we're Jesus followers, we have to be on our guard. We have to stay connected. We need to keep our focus on Jesus because times will come when we might well be tempted to live and believe something different. So these spirits tempt us, they lure us, and they also inflict suffering. You know, there are many stories in the Gospels of Jesus addressing the forces of evil in people's lives. Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples, records an event that happened where a dad brings his boy to Jesus and his son is physically afflicted by demonic forces. He has these seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into fire or into water. Uh, and Jesus says, he says, bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. And from that moment, the boy was well. Now, this boy had been suffering due to this evil spirit. And at the word of Jesus, miraculously, the boy was completely set free and healed. Now, what do we know about Jesus? Well, Jesus came to give us life, life in all its fullness. He came to set the captives free. He came for the sick, the poor, the sinner, the underdog, the migrant. He came to set people free. And what's the devil's mission? Well, it's to steal, to kill and destroy to inflict pain by destroying our marriages, of causing suicidal thoughts, of getting us locked into addictions, of wrecking our finances, of robbing us of joy and hope and life and peace. And this is the kingdom of darkness that hates God and the kingdom of light and wants to hurt what matters to God. And do you know what? Nothing matters more to God than you. So, what are we to do if we recognize that we're in a spiritual battle? Should we be afraid? Should we be on guard? Listen, if you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower, there's something that you need to know. 
that you have been given the miraculous authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. In other words, we have to understand that we're not fighting with our power, but with Jesus' power. Jesus gives the authority, uh, us the authority to use his power. I mean, let me explain it in terms, um, hopefully, that, that will make sense to you. Imagine that I'm a police officer standing in the middle of a road and a huge lorry is driving towards me. Now, if I, as a police officer, tell the lorry to stop, do I have the physical power to make that vehicle stop? Well, of course not. The driver has the, pl- uh, the power just to flatten me in the middle of the road. But because I'm a policeman, I have a little badge that says I have authority. So when I ask the lorry to stop, even though I don't have the power, I have the authority to do so. And if he doesn't obey the authority, then there's a higher power to which the driver must answer to. So even if I don't have the power in my own life to defeat darkness, I have the authority given to me by Jesus to overcome the darkness. That's why after Jesus rose again and returned to heaven, the disciples used the name of Jesus to set people free from illness, from being lame and blind and from evil spirits. Listen. We're involved in a spiritual battle. We are. And it's a battle over our life choices, our relationships, our finances, our internet viewing, our social media posts and responses. And we will always be attacked at our weakest point and the enemy knows what our weakest point is. So we need to be on our guard but but let's not assume that every problem we face is a result of some form of evil influence. Let's not look for evil spirits behind every door. That's just not wise and it's not helpful. Sometimes life just throws stuff at us and it's not necessarily uh, the devil coming to get us. But also let's not assume any problem isn't a result of some sort of or form of evil influence. Let's not chew, close our eyes to um, the devil's influence. So how should we respond? Well, any time you feel under attack or in a battle, do what is practical and wise and pray for the supernatural intervention of the miracle working God. So let me give you an example. Nathan, my friend who struggled with alcohol addiction, spent 11 months in a Christian rehab center. That was tough, but it was a practical and wise move. And the team prayed for Jesus to set him free from his addiction. Now, one dramatic occasion with his counselor, um, uh, the hold that the enemy had on his life was broken and he was set free from his addiction. It's an amazing story. But do you see, he did what was practical and wise and prayed for the supernatural miracle of being delivered from his addiction. So if you're facing marriage problems, do what is practical and wise and get support. Go and get some marriage counselling and pray for the supernatural intervention of God to restore and mend the relationship. Call on the power of God to bring about a transformation. If you're having panic attacks and suffering from anxiety, do what is practical and wise and go and see a doctor. And pray in the name of Jesus for him to bring healing and peace of mind to you. 
And if you're struggling to really believe that God loves you and accepts you and that he can use you, then do the practical and wise thing and sign up for the disciple course as one of the small groups that we have on offer from September. And ask a friend or leader to pray with you, asking God to miraculously intervene to break the lies that you've believed you know, around you not being good enough, useful enough, lovable enough, because that's just not true. You are. These are lies from the devil that can just crush you. And if you're searching for God, do what's practical and sign up for Alpha to explore faith and have a place to ask questions and ask God to open your eyes to see him and to know him. You know, Paul says that Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So ask God to open your eyes so you can see him. So let me ask you, where do you need the supernatural intervention of God in your life? You know, where does the evil one have a foothold in your life or in your situation? I tell you, do the practical and the wise and smart thing and pray for the supernatural intervention of God to deliver you. And let me tell you something about darkness. You need to remember this, that darkness is not the opposite of light. So many people think that it is, but it isn't. Darkness is the absence of light. And who did Jesus claim to be? One of the metaphors he used was, I am the light of the world. So wherever light is, darkness can't win. And so if we're followers of Jesus, we have the light of God in us. And whenever we encounter spiritual darkness, we have the light of Christ and light always overpowers darkness. So even on the cross, when, we, when it looked like darkness had won, the son of God was killed. The light of the world had been extinguished. And then the resurrection happened and Jesus overcame the darkness and he overcame sin and death and he won the victory forever, which means that when we pray, we're not fighting for victory, but we're fighting from victory. That we have the authority over the darkness in Jesus' name. So when we hit times of real temptation or problems in life, we do what is natural, and practical and wise and smart. And we evoke the supernatural power of God to bring life and freedom and hope. Because Jesus said, a thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life, life in all its fullness. So let's take the authority that Jesus has given us and let's stand against the powers of darkness, against racism, against uh, domestic violence, against addiction, and pray for his light to shine in the lives of those we know and love, that the influence of evil will not win. And let's invite God to miraculously intervene and bring his light, his freedom, his power to overcome those temptations that always seem to pull us down and receive his life life in all its fullness. And how? It's in Jesus' name. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.